Hello, you are now in Carl's Orbit, where interesting people from all walks of life are interviewed as to who they are, what they do, and how they do it. We're going on a virtual hike at the Grand Canyon, and to take us on this hike is Dan Aisley. He's been there quite a few times before hiking at the Grand Canyon and is uh, quite familiar with the trails. I uh, would like to welcome Dan to Carl's Orbit. Howdy, Carl. This is Dan. Oh, okay. Great, great, great. And uh, he's going to be our leader on this virtual hike. Uh, and uh, let's get our boots on and get started on this hike. Let's go, Dan. I think before we start, I think it's just a little bit of the geology of it, because as I describe the hikes, it's uh, you really should understand a little bit of how the ground has changed over time and of what you're hiking down. The first thing is, as you approach the Grand Canyon from the south, you come to the south rim, uh, and there is a north rim. And the reason why there's a south and a north rim is because in northern Arizona, the Colorado River runs from east to west. Okay. At the South Rim, which is where most people visit, uh, is called, it's called Grand Canyon Village. And there are four hotels right on the rim. And usually when I've taken my hike, we've stayed at one of those hotels. And with me and my friends, we usually stay at the least costly hotel. It's known as the Bright Angel Lodge. And in the hikes, uh, there are essentially two trails that take you down to the bottom, down to the Colorado River. Uh, there are more than that, but the two that are the most traveled are the South Kaibab Trail, which is seven miles down, and the Bright Angel Trail, which is eight miles down, and then it's another mile or so to get to where the South Kaibab Trail comes down to the river. So, what my friends and I have done for the past so, uh, eight or nine years is we go in January. And the reason we go in January is because it's, although it's very cold at the top, uh, it doesn't get very hot as you're hiking down. It can be a 40 to 50 degree temperature change from the top to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. You better be prepared. Oh, you, you have to be prepared is right. When, uh, when you go in the summer or the better months, it's, it's, it's at least 100 degrees at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And in some of the trails, you're constantly in the sun for quite a while. Uh, in, in mid middle part of the day. When you go in the winter, you look for some sun because you want to get warmed up. Although when you leave the south rim to go down at, at uh, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, it's usually freezing or a little bit less than that. And, but by the time you get to the bottom, it's around 50 degrees. Oh. And you have to dress appropriately as you get, as you go down to some of the points where you stop, you wind up taking, uh, you stop at certain points to take in some views and to rest. Resting is very important when you're hiking both up and down. Right. And you take off a layer of clothes as you get, say, halfway down or whatever. Some of my friends start disrobing almost at the first stopping point or the second stopping point. Being as old as I am, I usually I feel the cold a little bit more than I used to. So I usually keep my outer jacket on for a while, a while longer than my friends. Wow, that means I would have to wear a lot of clothes. Yes, you would. <laughs> and another one of the things you always have to do, especially in summer weather, is to bring a lot of water with you. Because the South Kaibab Trail has no water. 
it has two outhouses, but no water. Well, what's more important? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends upon your age and your plumbing condition, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so what were friends and I do? In, the, in January, uh, the top of the trail, say, it could be from a mile to a mile and a half down, is going to be covered with a powdery snow and or choppy ice. Uh, they do get snow there, and it does last a while because it stays so cold up there at 7,000 feet, which is we're at the top of the south rim. You're roughly about 7,000 feet above sea level. Wow. Oh, wow. It is fairly cold, and that also becomes important as you're hiking up because the further up you get, the less oxygen there is. Yeah, and, yeah. and even at 7,000 feet, some people do notice a lack of oxygen. Yeah. As you're looking down from the south rim, you will see an inner plateau because you won't see the river from, you won't see the Colorado River, but you'll see the inner plateau and then what's known as the inner gorge. The inner plateau is called the Tonto Plateau. Uh, it has nothing to do with the Lone Ranger and Tonto. It's just been named that. Uh, ever since I've been going there, I've seen it as the Tonto Plateau. Yeah. On the trail down, which is what we're, what we're talking about today. Okay. From the Bright Angel Lodge and the other hotels, you can get a free shuttle. Uh, there are free shuttle rides throughout the south of the Grand Canyon. And there are more places to go than just over to the south Kaibab Trailhead. Uh, but anyway, there are special shuttles that'll take you right to the trailhead at uh, seven o'clock and at eight o'clock in the morning. And we usually get the eight o'clock because my friends and I like to have our breakfast and we know we're going to be spending the night at the bottom at the, what's known as the Phantom Ranch, which I'll talk about more later. Huh. And therefore we'd like to eat and we don't like to have a lot of food on the way down, although we will have our snacks and our water, of course. And we have to carry bottles of water or some of the guys have what's called camelback backpacks, where the water is actually in the backpack. Ah. And there's a a tube that comes out of the backpack that you can act like a straw with and just suck up the water as you need it. Oh, that's convenient. Ah. It is, but it adds weight to your backpack. And since I'm I'm sleeping at the bottom, I don't carry a backpack. Well, I do carry a backpack, but it's very light. It just has a change of skivvies and underwear and um and water for the day and some some snacks yeah some like the granola bar or something like that some of the guys actually bring sandwiches with them but we would which we buy at a store at the grand canyon lodge or not the grand canyon lodge that's in the north room but at the bright angel lodge or at the general store the day before there's a general store in grand canyon village uh, at which you can buy sandwiches and a lot of other things that you might need on the trail down, uh, as we get over to the South Kaibab Trailhead, uh, and there are going to be quite a few people there. Uh, the, the shuttle buses are usually full. And a lot of the people, they just go down part of the way. They won't go down all the way. Going down all the way means you have to come up all the way, and it's not a very easy thing to do. Yeah. But there are those folks that want to go down, say, to the first lookout point, which I'll describe, or the second lookout point, or even the third lookout point, which is three miles down. And then they have to hike back up that day, which is not, again, it's not an easy hike at all. Especially the South Kaibab Trail, it's a, that's a very steep hike. Ah. We uh, put on our crampons over our hiking boots. Crampons are metal spikes that fit over your boots. National 67 living 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> spikes and, that fit over your boots? Oh, what, yeah. what's the purpose of those spikes? Well, you're gonna be, the first mile, a mile and a half, you're going to be walking on snow and ice. Oh. The, the trail is covered with snow and ice. Oh, that's good to know. Huh. Yes. How, how about and, slipperiness? Would that uh, be hard to walk on because of the slippery conditions? It is, which is why I put the spikes on. Ah, okay. Especially coming up. Although going down can be difficult also. You could slide and slip and fall over. Uh, that you don't want to do. But the spikes keep you pretty much steady. And also you make short steps. You take short steps, not long steps, because you don't you don't want to you don't have a situation where your feet gets slide out from under you and then you wind up falling down. Yeah. Um, and if you do fall, you have to fall towards the wall of the canyon as opposed to the precipice. How wide are these trails, by the way, Dan? Uh, the narrowest they are is maybe two feet and sometimes three feet. And sometimes you run a little plateau area where you're just in the trail that they want you to walk in, but there's no danger at all on either side. <laughs> and sometimes you get off the trail and you go sit down and have a little snack or a break. But the trails are steep which is, especially the South Kaibab Trail, it's uh, seven miles of hiking to go down the 4,700 feet from the rim to the river. Gee, if I ever went, I'd be up on top watching everybody go down and come back up again. <laughs> yeah, one, one guy came with us once uh, on a trip. He was new to the group, and we didn't know it, and he hasn't admitted it until uh, later that he actually had vertigo. Oh, boy. When he looked down, he, he said he, he, there's no way he could make that trip. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have an individual as a result, you know, but, it, but eventually he told us it was from another hike he said he, that he took with us. He said he does have vertigo, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't hunt down the Grand Canyon with us. You know, we took up some other hikes that year. We always take other hikes before we get to the Grand Canyon, uh, other hikes in northern Arizona. Oh, okay. Get used to it, huh? So, yeah, you do. Uh, taking what I like to do is get to the Grand Canyon a day before I hike down and then hike along the rim. There's a paved walkway, but it's a hike uh, to get a little used to the altitude. Uh, one day doesn't do it, but it's better than no days at all. Yeah, yeah. As you start to hike down, the, the canyon wall, as, as you're on the south rim, it isn't really a straight wall. There's a lot of little canyons that come into the wall from the river. Another. And the trails are cut into these little canyons. Uh. And the South Kaibab Trail starts on uh, one of these little canyons. That's the end of which is the wall that is the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Uh, but then it's the trail is then cut into that as to the canyon wall as it goes down oh like those, those trails branch off then huh and they'll branch off they just make left and right turns oh. making turns and they're called switchbacks oh switchbacks okay yeah that's how they're identified as a, you're going down but you're going to the right then you switch back to the left and you switch back to the right and with these switchbacks you're heading down further oh okay Oh, by the way, by the way, well, I want to mention that we're talking to uh, Dan Aisley, who is taking us on a virtual hike at the Grand Canyon, and uh, he's going to continue taking us down, down, going into the canyon itself. Here we go. And there are signposts on the way down uh, as you reach certain areas. The first one is called the Ua Point, 
O O H A A H point. Yeah, I can imagine what what that means and why it's called by that name. <laughs> well, you're coming out of one of these small canyons, and the trail makes a sharp right turn, and at that point you get a view of the canyon. It's your first view, a wide view of the canyon, and also you're looking at the depth of the canyon. You can't see the river yet, but you get a really good view. And oftentimes somebody says, "Oh wow, look at that!" Oh, oh it's called Ooh Ah Point. I'd give a different reason for saying Ooh Ah. Oh, ah, oh. Well, <laughs> if you're going up, that would be, yeah. On the way up, yes, it's Ooh Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's about three quarters of a mile down to a point and you drop maybe 700 feet, roughly. So you have been descending quite a bit and it's a very steep descent. The next point is uh, called Cedar Point. Uh, It's a little plateau. And at this is a a metal railing for the mules to come up, which I'll tell you about in a moment, uh, where the mules mules might be resting. And then there's an outhouse, but there's no water. On the South Kaibab Trail, there is no water. Oh, you have to carry your water. You have to carry your water down. Or up, if you're silly enough to hike up the South Kaibab Trail. I say that because, again, it's a very steep trail. It's uh, 70 miles, and you drop 4,500 feet. Ah. And there are points at which you really have to hold yourself back as the the the, the, um, the angle of, of the path is quite steep yeah uh at Cedar point like i said there's an outhouse and it's also an area where you can walk around and get another view of the canyon uh, a little bit different than from Ua point and again a little bit different from the south rim but still no side of the river at this point oh, oh. We, we leave the next step is you leave from cedar point and you start heading down. And the next point is at three miles. It's called Skeleton Point. And a lot of the day hikers will go this far and then turn around and go back up again. And here's where you begin to get a view of the depth, because now you're three miles down, roughly 2,000 feet down, where you get a view of the top and you, view, and you can see some of the bottom. Uh, you begin to see a little bit of the, the inner gorge, but you still yet, at this point, can't see the river. Should I ask why it's called Skeleton Point? I guess there's some dead bodies found there. I don't, oh, no. I, I don't really know, but that's what the name is. They're given to it. Uh, after Skeleton Point, that uh, four miles down, you're on the Tonto Plateau. And there has been a view of the river at that point, but uh, you have to pay attention to the trail. You really can't pay attention to the river. Yeah. You do make some stops to get in the views, so the views are absolutely spectacular as you're going all the way down. Uh, but at the... Uh, Tonto Plateau, there's another outhouse. Uh, and they just recently built a, a, a little shed with open sides for you to sit and rest out of the sun. Of course, in January, you don't really care whether or not you're sitting in the sun or not. No, I don't suppose. <laughs> and there's always somebody having a snack there uh, or using the outhouse. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this is now roughly four miles down from the rim. Uh, and you're down about 2,000 feet. And you got about 2,700 feet to go, or maybe a little bit further down than that. Well, you've, you've gone down about, actually, you've gone down about 2,700 feet, and you got about 2,000 feet to go to get down. Ah. And you start again on your way down. Now you're on the Tarts Plateau, and you're approaching that inner gorge. And again, you get some steep trails down as you go down to the river itself. And there is a point at which you can walk off the trail, it's a fairly level area. 
and you come to a point where you can look straight down and you're looking at the Colorado River. Yeah, ah, the mighty Colorado, as we call it. Is that and the first that time? Point, oh, by the way, Dan, is that the first time that you see the river? That is the first time you get that kind of a view of the river. You might have seen a little bit of it uh, between some high points that the trail allows you to see through. But basically, this is the first view of the river. Oh, okay. Yeah. And from here, you can look down, you can see um, the easternmost bridge, which is called the Black Bridge, and the westernmost bridge, which is called the Silver Bridge. These are the two footbridges that cross the Colorado River. Uh, the reason that the Black Bridge, which is actually very dark, has a wooden base to it, so the mules can go across it. The Silver Bridge, or the Steel Bridge, has one of those open con uh, construction floors where you look through it and you can see the color of it down below you as, you as it's moving. Supposedly, this is what I've been told, the mules cannot deal with that. Ah. You know, they were frightened too much. So mules always cross on the Black Bridge. I'd be looking for an escalator bridge. <laughs> <laughs> there are times on the way up, you wish it was you were there, you wouldn't have yeah. yeah, but it, it's good. It's a good hike so far. Uh, well, I never mind the hikes down. I'm one of those guys. Uh, I, I can deal with hiking down. Hiking up has given me a problem all along. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, since I started these, these crazy hikes. Yeah, well, but, but you just have to take your time. But some people have more sensitive knees and ankles. Uh, and, and that it's really hard on your knees and on your ankles and on your feet when you're constantly going down the 7,000 feet. As far as the mules go now, I've talked about the mule trains. A lot of people will take uh, mule trips down to the Fanner Ranch, which is where we'll be at spending the night. Um, Fanner Ranch has several buildings there. Uh, there are four buildings for hikers, they're called dormitory buildings. And in each of those buildings, there is a shower, a toilet, and five bunk beds. Hmm. And two are devoted to women and two are devoted to men. And that's where me and my friends always stay, or almost always stay. There are other buildings for the uh, mule trippers, usually it's families, will take the mule ride. And they'll get one of these small cabins for two or three or four. Uh, there are some bigger cabins. I remember one year they put us into a cabin for 10, which we didn't really care for because it didn't have a shower. So in January, we had to go out at night to take our shower into a public restroom, which they also have down there. Uh -huh. So now we always request the dorm buildings for us. Yeah, really, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yes. <clears throat> um, the mules uh, also supply the um, the Phantom Ranch with all of its food that they serve. Uh, they serve breakfast. They they will make you a lunch or serve you a lunch. Uh, not very big menu, but they will serve something and dinner. And the dinners are always the same. At five p.m., they serve you a steak. And at 6.30 p.m., they'll serve you beef stew. And we are convinced that the beef stew is the leftover steaks after the 5 p.m. meal. They don't serve you the mules, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, Watch out for that stew. <laughs> Sometimes the steaks are a little bit tough, so could be. <laughs> uh, They also serve a vegetarian meal, if that's what you're inclined to have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> None of, none of the friends I'm with are inclined to do that. So after that viewpoint, uh, where you can see the Black Bridge, you then head down another steep uh, canyon wall, 
where there's more switchbacks and more trails. And now you're down finally to the, there's a slight tunnel that you have to walk through to get to the Black Bridge. And now you're at the bottom. You have descended down to the Colorado River. Hey, we got the bottom. Yes. A little bit of interest about the Colorado River. The water comes first from Glen Canyon Dam or Lake Powell, which is, the dam is in Arizona. The lake itself is in Utah. Ah. And it's about 50, it's about 80 miles from where we cross it. The water comes out from the bottom of the dam. The water is always never warmer than 50 degrees. Hmm. So it's not water, even in the even in the dead of the summer, you do not want to go into that water. Not uh, number one, uh, uh, <laughs> one seven to lower degrees, and it runs very fast. It's a very fast running river because <clears throat> there is an angle to it as it goes down from Lake Powell to Lake Mead, 270 miles from Lake Powell is Lake Mead, uh, and and it does drop. And there are several rapids in it. I have rafted through it a few times, uh, which would be a discussion at another time, I'm not sure. It's, so the, the trail, the South Kaibab Trail now pretty much ends. As you cross the river, you now go onto the North Kaibab Trail. Uh-huh. The North Kaibab Trail takes you to the North Rim, and it's 14 miles to the North Rim. Uh, I've done it, and we'll talk about that some other time if you want. Uh, but it also takes you to the Bright Angel Creek. The Bright Angel Creek runs uh, from the North Rim down to the Colorado River, and it provides the water for the Phantom Ranch and all the campsites along the way. Uh, there are three or four campsites that you can reserve for to stay at a campsite if that's what you're inclined to do. Yeah. Um, we, my friends and I, we, we reserve at the Phantom Ranch, which is quite an event in of itself. Now, in order to get a bed at the Phantom Ranch, you have to submit a lottery 15 months ahead of when you want to go. Oh, really? Wow. So what I did this past January in um, November of 2019, I submitted my bid for January 15th, 2021. And I wanted eight bids because I I had seven definite hikers and two possibilities for somebody else might want to join us. In December, they informed me that I had won the lottery. I got my January 15th date, <laughs> which is easy to do in January and February because not that many people want to make the hike. Um, in September, and sorry, in March, April, or March through October, it's almost impossible to get a, a bet. That's why they've reverted to the to the uh, lottery. It used to be you had a call, you had to call the people that had the reservations and me and my friends would be on the phone for two hours each of us calling one of two numbers hoping to get into the phone system of the people that run the Phantom Ranch so that we would then be connected with the people making reservations and more often than not by the time we get in to the phone system in other words get beyond the business signal we're then told that the Phantom Ranch is full oh. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a Phantom Ranch Ranch doesn't exist. It's a phantom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it sits in the Phantom Canyon, which is why they call it the Phantom Ranch. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's called the Phantom Canyon, but that's what that little canyon is called. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you, we hike down now to the river, and you've crossed the river, and we begin our hike up the North Kaibab Trail for about a quarter of a mile. And on our way, we approach 
there's a beach area, um, one of the very few beach areas uh, for the Colorado River that, that we passed by. There's a Bright Angel Creek that comes into it, and there is an actual rest, there's an outhouse, that's what's a restroom, and a water treatment plant, huh? and a radio station, all at that point. And the water treatment plant is for the Phantom Ranch, which is where we stay, uh, and also for the campsites, which have their own restrooms. And all the effluents are piped down to this little water treatment plant, and that treated water then is put into the Colorado River. Oh, oh, okay. And the Bright Angel Creek, it, it starts on one of the walls going up to the North Rim. Um, funny story about that, as it was described to us by one of the young women that worked at the Phantom Ranch one night, yeah. she was telling us that the water that we get there is 10,000 years old. <laughs> afterwards, I said to her, excuse me, I think what you need to say is that the water's been coming out of the North Rim for 10,000 years, but you know, the, the north, the plateau on the north side of the Grand Canyon receives a lot of weather, uh, precipitation between snow and yeah, right. it's got... it collects in the little aquifers that wind up coming out and creating the Bright Angel Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to say that the water is 10,000 years old. But I said, oh, okay. <laughs> she was saying it was fossil water, I guess. Yeah, it's fossilized water, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, this past January, we were called, I was called, I was told, since I was the one who made the reservations, that they were closing the dormitory rooms because of a problem with the water treatment plant. Ah, uh -huh. So they were not gonna have the hikers down there, but they wouldn't let mule riders stay there. Hmm. The river can provide enough, the Little Bright Angel Creek can provide enough water for them to, to purify and serve to their customers. But not the 40 hikers that would be there. Yeah. And they might have closed, the, there's a campground not too far from there also, but they might have closed that too, I don't really know. But anyway, so that, canceled our room at the Phantom Ranch and I called some of the guys and I said maybe what we can do is hike down four miles to the Tonto Plateau hike across the Tonto Plateau because there is a trail to get to our trail that we take up and then go up to four and a half miles yeah. that would be a 12 to 13 mile hike in one day which we could do if we, if we get in shape we can do it uh, and everybody agreed to it and then COVID-19 stopped us all from traveling oh, oh, I just wanted to take the risk Sure. Yeah, so uh, uh, have you completed the hike yet? Is it finished or is no, it we, we completed the hike down. Now the next morning we wake up. They wake you up um, at 4.30 a.m. for the 5 o'clock breakfast. Oh, boy. Oh. It is January and it is dark. So we all have flashlights and we have our breakfast and it's still dark and we start our hike. And the hike down the river is about a quarter of a mile where we do it with flashlights. You know, it's a fairly easy trail to walk, but there are stones and things that you have to be careful about. Right. Yeah, yeah, nice. And you get down to the river, and I know the way, so I usually, you know, I'm very familiar with all the trails. I'm one of the three or four people that does it every year. Others yeah. join us, others part of the group will come when they want to come and not when they don't want to come. <clears throat> so we, we, we make our way down to the river and we make our right turn along the north side of the river to the steel bridge. And then we go across the steel bridge, and it's still pitch black. Now the trail up goes along the river for about a mile, and the trail goes up and down because uh, you're following the Colorado River. 
until you get to another side canyon where there's another stream coming in. This is now on the south side. Yeah. We are on the Bright Angel Trail. That's the name of it. Even though we're not near the Bright Angel Creek anymore, but that is the Bright Angel Trail. Yeah. And there's an outhouse as you turn in. No water. Oh. And the, ne the next stop is four and a half miles up, which is uh, an area called Indian Garden. And there's a ranger station, and there's places for mules, and there's a camping area, and there are picnic tables, and there's outhouses, and there's water, uh, which is very important in the bad month, but any month, because you don't have to carry all of your water up. And we carry basically a gallon each. So you don't have to carry the gallon all the way up. You can do a half gallon if you need it. In the winter, you don't really need that much water. You need some water, but not all that much. Yeah. In the summer months, you need a lot of water. You sweat a lot, yeah. Yes, you do. I mean, it's been 100 degrees. Usually, if you leave early in the morning, it's not quite so bad. But by the time you get to Indian Gardens, it's uh, quite a few hours. And you've elevated about 2,000 feet. They do a bit more. And you still got four and a half miles to go to get up. Yeah. On the way to Indian Gardens, we have to elevate up to the Tonto Plateau from the river. And there's one interesting area known as the Devil's Corkscrew. And you get a view of it once you've done it. You can look back to the trail and you can see how it's almost, there's so many switchbacks as the trail switches back and forth to get up the canyon wall. It's called the Devil's Course School and it's a very steep area. And it does kind of tuck you out <laughs> as you make that trail up. Hey Dan, are you carrying a map with you when you uh, go along the trail or when you first started uh, taking these hikes? No, because there's really no other place to go. The trails are well marked, and you really don't want to go anywhere other than the trail that you're on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. On the north rim, there's a little bit more of a problem because the trails are not that well marked. There's not that many people take it, but it's a pretty active trail. Uh, but again, there's no other place to go when you're hiking on these trails. No. You've got the canyon wall to one side and a drop-off from 100 to 1,000 feet on the other side. So, so far, we've gone down on this uh, hiking trail. Yeah. We've slept overnight. Yeah, the Phantom Branch. Uh, and then now we're hiking upward. Now we're hiking up. And we passed the Devil's Corkscrew. We're in, we're in the side canyon, which is going up now to the south rim, uh, getting our way up to the Tonto Plateau. Uh, we've gone through um, Devil's Corkscrew. And by the way, there is a stream that you have to cross six or seven times. Um, mostly it's just a stepping stone across. Sometimes you have to jump across because it's a little bit too deep. You don't want to get your feet too wet, especially in the winter. Uh, we do most, all of our boots are waterproof, so they're water resistant, so you don't have to worry too much about that. Yeah. Again, you don't want to step in something where you don't know how deep you're going to go in case it might be too soft where you're stepping. I'm sure, sure. But it all adds to the fun. Yeah. But the, I think I counted eight times we crossed that stream last time. And one of the times we actually were walking beside it as it, uh, and, and that changes regularly due to the weather. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The water flows that comes down from the north rim, or the south rim, actually. <clears throat> but we're up to the Tonto Plateau. We're on the Indian Guards of Noah. The, the worst part of the hike is about to face us. The next. The next stop is known as a three-mile house. In other words, you've traveled, you've hiked a mile and a half, and you've elevated roughly a thousand feet to the three-mile house. The three-mile house is an outhouse, and in the good weather, there's water, and in the winter, there's no water. Uh, and that's where I began to tire out. Because now I've got three miles to go, 
with another thousand feet of elevation or more to go. And the next stop is a mile and a half house. Again, it's an outhouse with water in the good weather, no water now. And at the mile and a half house is usually where we put on our spikes because now we'll start walking on ice and snow. Ah. And then so finally we get up to the top and we are absolutely exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun while you were doing it. (laughs) Nice views, I would imagine, along the way. What you have are probably the most spectacular views you'll see anywhere. I guess it was one of the seven or eight wonders of the world. And uh, me and my friends, or my friends and I, we just never get enough of it. We, you know, we're, we missed the 2022 January hike, but we'll try to get onto it anyways. You know, we'll, we'll assume that most of us can do it. And we'll assume that most of us will want to do it. And we'll just call to see if they have any beds available. Ah, okay. In that- January. That's plans for the future in terms yeah. of uh, some future hikes at the canyon. So we're finished yeah. with our hike. We're done with the hike. Yes. Oh, great, great, great. Gee, that was that was that was a great hike. I'm glad I went on it virtually. <laughs> if you have time, I can tell you the first hike I took in 2003, I was totally ill prepared and ill equipped. Oh. <laughs> and when I got up after the hike, I could not walk correctly for a month. I lost both of my big toenails because they didn't have the right kind of boots. Oh, wow, wow. I couldn't walk up and down stairs. <laughs> it, it was a horror show. Well, you don't scare people from going there. Come on. <laughs> well, you, no, I'm telling you, you have to be prepared. Yeah, that's how uh, to be prepared. Right, you right. Can't, just can't make that hike. And the older you are, you can't make that hike and not have had any preliminary hikes. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're glad we had this virtual hike. We get an idea of what what it's like at any rate. And if you want to uh, take that hike in the future, we could do that. You but, could. Uh, it looks like uh, our interview and the hike is over. Uh, I want to thank you, Dan, for taking us on this hike. It was quite interesting. And uh, it's good to know what kind of things we'll be facing if we do intend to take this hike in the future. Uh, in the meantime, thanks again. been talking to Dan Aisley, and he's taken us on a virtual hike at the Grand Canyon. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, don't forget to clean off your boots. <laughs> Thanks, Dan, for being uh, Carl's orbit. Thank you, Carl. And we want to thank everybody who is listening in, uh, and uh, join us in the future in Carl's orbit. <laughs>